Welcome back to another episode of Walking Down Hope Street, the Falkirk Fans podcast where each month we meet a former Bairn, chat about their career and their time in the Navy Blue. I'm your host Lewis Hogan and making his long-awaited return to the podcast is Colin McFarlane. Remember you can keep up to date with all the goings on at Walking Down Hope Street on our Twitter feed at WDH Street or via our Facebook group. Feel free to get in touch if you'd like to sponsor any upcoming episodes. Today's episode takes us to Linlithgow to meet a true Falkirk legend, a player who amassed an incredible 417 appearances for the club over 13 seasons and two spells. We're delighted to welcome Wilson Hogan to the show. Wilson, thanks for coming on the show. How are you? Not a problem. I'm fine for a Sunday morning, quite fresh. <laughs> Unusually, but I am fine. That's good to hear. So, Wilson, you're in esteemed company today with Craig Brown as the only podcast guest that myself, Lewis and Gavin never got to see play for the Bairns given you left in 82-83, so you might need to be patient with us as we go through. Yeah, I played with Craig two or three games when I went there at first day. Craig Brown and Jim Brown played, played with him for a few games. That was not yesterday. <laughs> Fantastic. So you started off your, your youth career with, with Gairdock and obviously playing for Graham High as well. Was that yeah. where you got spotted for, for Falkirk? Yeah, I won the under-14 school shield with Graham High. And then for then I went to Gairdock and Molly McFarlane spotted me then. So I signed a schoolboy for him. I think it was 16. And how long was it before I think you moved on to Linlithgow Rose on loan? Oh, I went on with Garros, end of 65-66 season. I played there for a year and a half, and then went back to Falkirk after that. And when you came back to Falkirk, I guess it was John Prentice that was in charge? So yeah, John you, Prentice was the manager. How did you get on with him? I got on great with John, eh? <laughs> gentleman, he was a gentleman. Always well-groomed. Come from a, a well-off family, John. I like John. Old-style manager. So Falkirk would probably be the closest club distance-wise in the professional leagues to Linlithgow. So did you ever go to the games or follow the results no, growing when up? when I was young, unfortunately, when I was younger, my dad was a Rangers man. Oh, right, and okay. I went in the Rangers bus for White Cross. <laughs> right. I was five-year-old, I was 12, 13. So did you know much of Falkirk before you signed for them? Or? No, no, no a great deal. So any time I think of Brockville, I always remember the unmistakable smell of wintergreen through the corridors. So what was your memories of Brockville? Do you mind you going turn left along the corridor, the wee thin corridor to ours, the home dressing room? Yeah. And just before that, there was a steep set step staying in the boiler room. Well, that was kit room, boot room, <laughs> everything. The old Ernie Godfrey, he looked after all his training kit. Aye. And you didn't get it washed every day then, you just took it off, put it in a hanger, hung it in the boiler room <laughs> on the next again day. Unless it was really, really, aye. really bad. Where were you training at that time? Bleachfield. Oh, right, aye, aye. The old Bleachfield. Yep, yep. Down it's behind. now a concrete factory or something like that, eh? Aye, just aye. To, down behind the library. Aye, aye. So... Wilson, set the scene for some of our younger listeners who, like us, won't have seen Falkirk in the 60s and 70s. What was the, the life of a, a young footballer like at that time? So how often did you, you train, for example? Uh, it was great then. It was away for your eight to four work. We just trained nine o'clock to 12 o'clock. You got every Monday off, usually, unless you got hammered at the weekend. <laughs> you come in, but usually got that Monday off. And Tuesday, Wednesday was hard training. Wednesday, Thursday... Tactics a Friday, just sprint, and very rarely back in the afternoon. Nothing like it is now. Nothing at all. So when you came into Falkirk, you joined a team which had a number of established first-team players, so guys like John Lambie, John Markey, George Gibson. What was it like going into a dressing room with some of these guys? Uh, it was okay. I just had to behave myself or slap me down. Eh? <laughs> uh, but I was pretty quiet then. Eh? I never said too much. Who was the dressing room enforcer at that point? Maybe Doogie Bailey then. Doogie Bailey oh, was yeah. there. I played with him as well, eh? I say Lambie. Lambie and Bailey. John Lambie. Who in particular took you under their wing? 
And the older players, I would say, at the time, when I was here, Jim Rowan, I knew Lambie well, but he was nearly one for taking youngins under his wing in that, eh? <laughs> I would say more than Jim Rowan. So your first season saw you play about half the games, but unfortunately we were relegated alongside our broth. How did you view that first season on a personal level? Uh, it was pretty difficult. I thought I should have been playing every game, but then when you're a young boy, you say, oh, why is he playing and I'm not playing? Yeah. But you just had to go on with eh, for the season. You learned a lot after that, eh? So that season saw John Prentice being replaced by, by Jim Rowan, as you mentioned, and then ultimately Willie Cunningham came in. So what were the difference in the approaches with, with some of these guys? Did you have a favourite that you, you worked under? Jim Rowan was a gentleman, too much of a gentleman to be a really good manager. Eh? Okay. That's why Fergie was a good manager, he was ruthless. But yeah. Jim was a gentleman, and got on with everybody, which you really can't do. And Willie was a wee bit more brash. Tactically, I would say... Both about the same. There weren't a lot of tactics in these days. No pamphlets and pages and pages of what you got in the park and <laughs> that. Eh? Just told you you go there and do this and mark him and mark that. Yeah. And that was it. Eh? But see, Wally was more brasher, but he was a good man manager. Although Falkirk got relegated, Willie Cunningham remained at the helm and I think he recruited a couple of well-known forwards, so Andy Roxburgh and you mentioned mm-hmm. Alec Ferguson there as well. What, what were these guys like in training in the parking? Could you tell that they were going to go on to bigger and better things? Uh, Fergie was a workman-like centre-forward. Eh? He scored goals, but he was a, a workman-like centre, but he was ruthless. Anything he didn't like, he would stamp on it. And you could see he was going to go further up the tree. Eh? Right. Andy was a gentleman. He was more into the tactical side of it. You can see what he'd done in his career, eh? But Fergie, no, he was just ruthless, eh? So it's fair to say that you could have imagined that he would have gone on to uh, bigger and better things. Yeah. You could see that yeah, already. he wouldn't let anybody stand in his way. Was there any airs and graces with him coming down from Rangers? Or was no, he no. Just got no, stuck no. in as well? He did that. I pulled about one for quite a while, eh? Yeah. The only thing he come at first, he had a big light blue Audi. <laughs> top of the range Audi and everybody else is running about in bangers and that eh? <laughs> but apart from that no he wasn't a flamboyant or anything like that I, wa- I watched a recent documentary about him and I think he was quite bitter about how his time at Rangers had Aye. come to an end and felt he'd, he'd toppled down the leagues he to Falkirk he blame for the cup final I think yeah. Billy McNeil scored with a header and he should have been marking him and after that he just slid down the peck or their eyebrows mm. out the door eh so that season was one of success and we went on to win the league. Several players, including Marky, Gibson, Stuart Rennie, George Miller and yourself, played almost every match. I guess that continuity helped achieve the success. Aye, it did. You, got, you knew how everybody played, eh? Most of the same players played nearly every game and you got to know their ways and their manners and what have you. And Aye. it did help. It did help a great deal. In the 70-71 season, we were back in the top flight and by all accounts had a useful squad. Dennis Etterington joined from Rangers. Alex Ferguson was in decent goal-scoring form and you chipped in with a few as well. Aye. Was there a feel-good factor around the club at that time? There was, I. I can have played cent- near, in the centre a wee bit more for a wee while and scored a few goals. Aye. But when you're winning, there's a feel-good factor. When you're winning games every week, everybody's running faster and trying harder eh? and it is easier it is a lot easier um, the improve the competition for places as yeah. well Aye. and how did you feel the the difference of level taking a step up to the Premier League Aye, it was a wee bit to start with you think a wee bit pacer but not a great not a great deal of difference a few games and you get into it you get into it okay just, just more concentrating on yourself rather aye, than the opposition aye, aye. So one of the highlights of that season was beating Rangers 3-1 at Brockville with you grabbing the third. 
I'm reliably informed that we hammered them that day. Uh, so what are your memories of the game? Uh, it was the park was frosty and icy, and it was I would say sixty forty to be off, but we were desperate to get it on. Right. So they got the game on. Directors they went to me and had a bet on us. They had a lot of money on us that day <laughs> because Rangers didn't like the, the hard ground. They were a wee bit weary, so we just went out and got stuck into them. Eh? And I was lucky enough to score. Aye. Directors won their money and they split the money between us and the bonus. Eh? Oh, so that was a great day. That. What was the crowd like that day? Were they oh, a big crowd? Get... Oh, and it, it's tight. Eh? It's great. The atmosphere's. Tremendous, eh? So that would have been one of your, your high points in a, a Falkirk jersey, but yeah. I think it's fair to say the next couple of seasons were, were quite disappointing. I think we finished 14th, which is something you didn't really hear of yeah. nowadays given the league structure, but mm-hmm. you got any idea why things weren't working out? They just got stale a wee bit, eh? Didn't they get new faces in? Too many players just going off the boil at the one time. Mm-hmm. You need to change it, and we didn't have a big enough squad to rotate like you have nowadays, eh? Mm-hmm. I think that was part of the problem. And then in 72-73, there was apparently a, a player strike before a cup tie against Montrose. What, what happened there? We had played St Mirren at Paisley. I think we got beat six, maybe it was more, six or seven. And then the next day, Cunningham was going mental. So he had us in morning and afternoon, running, running, running. So just Fergie said, that's enough, we're not doing it. <laughs> we just stopped and we went to the Park Hotel. We stayed there, I think, four days. Well, we went there in the morning, stayed till three, four o'clock, back came, same again. And I think it was our Ruthwell we were going to play on the Saturday. Mm. And Wally wouldn't again, Fergie wouldn't again, and then he got his books, eh? He so sacked him. So it was, was more or less Fergie got him his books, eh? Right. So well, was we were there? behind Fergie, but he was the players' union man at the time. Yeah, well, obviously with uh, his background as uh, well. And Wally was in the round for a Scotland job then, too. So it was really that Fergie was running the dressing room at that point, and oh, I guess aye, he was there's no, no way back for He was the man, that was it, right. I suppose he was right enough to, to hammer us for getting beat, but it was every day, morning and afternoon, and run, 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 and just said no. So there was apparently rumours that Alex Ferguson was going to take over as he had been coaching at the club. Did the players have a preferred candidate to replace? No, I wouldn't say that. And I can't really mind anybody saying that Fergie was, was going to be the manager. No, we didn't really have anybody in mind at all just whoever it was we would just try our best for whoever come in at the time eh? So ultimately it was the club that decided to bring John Prentice back a man who had brought you to to Falkirk in the first place so it's fair to say that wasn't a particularly popular move with the fans was it it feeling personally? It was a good move with the players I think all the players liked John and he knew the game and he knew the place he had been there before I thought it was a good move. But sadly, there wasn't to be an upturn in fortunes and then in 73-74 we finished bottom and were relegated. Looking at the squad, uh, there's still yourself, Jim Shira, George Gibson and John Markey there. Uh, so there's undoubted quality. So what, what do you think happened? Hard to put a, a point on it. What happened there again? Just as I said before, the time before, we're just going stale and mm. no big enough turnover in the squad to freshen it up. Yeah. And you get into a rut like that, it's hard to get out. Just like you're winning, you keep winning, but when you're getting beat, it's harder and harder every week. Aye, it's just trying to pick up the confidence. Aye, that's or... right. So, Wilson, there was some tragic news over the past uh, week or so with one of your former teammates and Davy Katnack passing away. How do you look back on oh, that? That was a real shock, eh? I enjoyed playing with Davy and then I pulled about with him for years after that. And my daughter got married and he had the three kings as well. So I'd like to send my condolences to his wife and family. A real shock. 
So with any relegation, there's always a financial impact and the, the club obviously had to try and bring money in and you were subsequently sold to Dundee for around 30000 which I'm not sure what that would be in today's money, but pr- probably quite a lot. You switched one navy blue jersey for another. Would you like to have stayed at Falkirk or was the chance to... No, the chance was too good then. I just got married, got a few bob for moving. Eh? And Falkirk needed the money as well. They were struggling for money, so it helped. Beneficial with both of us, eh? And you were coming into a fairly successful Dundee side who had finished fifth in the Premier League the season before and qualified for Europe, although I think they got knocked out just before you you arrived. And some big characters there, Jockey Scott, Tommy Gemmell. So what, what were your first impressions when you got to Dens? Uh, you're just near looking say, well, I'll need to do well here, eh? And I was a wee bit unfortunate. That was my best attribute, was crossing the ball. And they had a centre-forward, John Scott, and he had just got transferred before I'm sure it was Tottenham we went to just before I went to Dundee I, I he was a big it. tall guy eh? but <laughs> another guy come in and scored a lot of goals Gordon Wallace he yeah. come in and he done really well for them Jockey Scott was there as well he was a sort of main man Jockey was a main man so was it good to be reunited with former Bairn and Bobby Robinson? Aye, Bobby Ford was there as well. But aye, Bobby Ford. Aye, aye, Bobby, aye, was Bobby Robinson and Bobby Ford. Aye. Aye. Was, was it Bobby Ford that you used to get a run-up with? Is that right? No, I used to go with Tom Snellen. Ah, right, OK. Aye, Tom Snellen and I used to travel on the train. Aye, so how, 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 were, how were those journeys? I were okay. We met a few guys. I used to St. Johnson boys used to go as well. Alan McCoyce was on that train, Henry Hall, occasionally Tommy Trainer, well, the D and boys had to stay. But occasionally Tommy was out Fred Aiton. Aye, it was a good just talked about the game the weekend <laughs> before and who was good and who was bad and that, eh? Aye. Aye, it was good, eh? So looking at the Dundee squad, I believe there's a young Gordon Strachan coming through the ranks. Mm-hmm. So what was he like? Ah, he was, he was a good player, but he was a monkey of mischievous. Oh, dear, dear. <laughs> anything for a laugh, eh? Uh-huh. An awful boy. We went away, I shouldn't have said this, really. We went away to Sweden on a pre-season trip, him and I. So we're, one night, the two of us away, come back with crates of beer. I acquired them somewhere, eh? Brought them back to the boys and we're saying, oh, we've got a drink in it. Big game will find out. Made us take them all back. We <laughs> thought he would have been the first thing to drink it. They went, oh, no. He was my office, he had to take it back to where we go. It. We had that word, eh? ah, but Gordon was great for a laugh. He did him for a laugh. But he was a good player, really good player. So, 75-76 season is probably one that you, you won't look back on formally. I think you got relegated with Dundee, knocked out the Scottish Cup with Falkirk, and then out of all the possible ties you could have had in the Anglo-Scottish Cup, you got a glamorous tie against Motherwell. So, how do you look back on that season? Uh, it was a poor season for me. I think the travelling was starting to catch up. We travelled every day, Thompson Allen and I, yeah. which in hindsight was a mistake. We should maybe move to, to Dundee. We used to get a train up every day. I think it was maybe just catching up myself. Well, you were usually married, so maybe your wife would have put the foot down and said, yeah. you money moving. Ah, you're, you're, you're staying here, eh? And that time when Falkirk beat us, I'm sure it was Jimmy Wilson that scored the goal. He used to beat Dundee and he went to Falkirk right. and he scored the winner in the Scottish Cup against us, I think. Did you, get, did you get any needle from the fans, uh, the Falkirk fans, when you ever when ah, you played the Falkirk? Aye, a wee bit, aye. Well, didn't bother, aye. Give it back as well? Aye. <laughs> the biggest banter I ever got was a boy cried, Fergie used to follow Hamilton. 
Maar toen had je mijn dan, oh, hij was mentor, hij is de kamer de barrier en schuiven en kon ik kouwen en hij is de hem. Dat was goed, dat was kraak dan. Nou had je zijn keer weer een opvang uit rijden weer. Maar oh, dat was goed dan. En dat volkert is right close to you, you've got to take a throw in, you just about getting them. Grab the ball off you. I'm pretty sure that's the boy that got banned from pretty much every ground. He did, he got banned from every to be fair, you had probably the last laugh on Falkirk because the number of times you played them, I think in that season, you went 2-0, 6-1 and then also beat them 8-0. Mm. Uh, was it strange coming up against Falkirk? What do you remember of those uh, games? You don't really think about it. Once you're on the park, it's, you're just playing another team. You, didn't, you don't say, oh, it's Falkirk. I'm not going to do this or do that. Eh? So Dundee failed to win promotion and then Tommy Gemmel took charge. What was it like to suddenly have a, a teammate going for being uh, a teammate uh, to a manager? Uh, it's different when he's the manager and saying yes boss, no boss and see the item and what you're doing, watch your P's and Q's. Eh? <laughs> that is difficult. And I think he found it difficult as well. I think he was made for management either, Tommy. No. Very few players are good managers. You're listening to Walking Down Hope Street with special guest Wilson Hogan. So you only spent one more season at Dens Park before transferring back to Falkirk in the 78-79 season. How did that move come about? I got a free for Dundee. Just at the end of Tommy's career, he was just about ready to pack up. And I'd been there four years and I wasn't playing very great. So he gave me a free and I just I come back to Falkirk. So Same for Falkirk again. Were there other offers on the table or did you I just... I know there were a couple of clubs come back. Once Falkirk wanted me back and he went back there. Eh? Aye, so no brainer. Aye, aye. So Billy Little was the manager at that time. How did you find him? He was okay, but he was still kind of, could you say, teacher-wise, headmaster-wise. Billy was a teacher. And he spoke to the players like he was the headmaster. eh? Tactically, I wouldn't say he was was great, but he got by. Was it the the season prior? I think he had had Gary Gillespie. And I think it was the season before. I wasn't there with him. uh, Because I'm sure he was his school teacher. That's why he made him the captain as well. Gregory Abel and Billy, they were great pals. Ah, they right. were both teachers, eh? Right, and okay. They were very pals. But that was his kind of teacher approach to yeah. how you played in that. Did Billy deploy you in a slightly different role when you came back, and how did you find your new teammates? Uh, when I come back, I started to play deeper. I was losing maybe a yard of pace, two yards of pace, and I found it a lot easier, eh? Because right. you could play against wingers and you had an idea of what they were going to do. Yeah. Facing the game all the time, it was a lot more easier, eh? Aye, a bit more time on Aye, the ball as well. I enjoyed that, eh? So, uh, was there anyone in particular you got on well with in the team? I got on well with, I would say, the majority of the players, eh? But George, eh, George Watson, the goalie, mm-hmm. I got on really good with George. Aye. Andy Nicol, Andy stays in the go now, eh? Keep fit up and down the avenue, canoeing along the canal with his daughter. <laughs> really keep fit guy, I see Andy quite a bit, yeah. Maybe he's going to ask you who you didn't get on with. <laughs> aye, I go on, aye, I go on. Well, we're still enjoying Perry, Mitch, and I'm all, eh? Paul no, I didn't hit Zen, but I didn't really get on me. The following season saw us winning the second division and beating the Shire to the title by a point. You got your hands on a, a winner's medal. So what were your memories of that season? Oh, it was good. It was a great season. Everybody sort of gelled together, eh? We played really well. And it was good to get another medal. That's ten years ago I had the first one, eh? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was really good. What, what are the games like uh, against the Shire? Like, blood and guts? A uh, wee tight part too, eh? Uh, <laughs> But then I was playing further back, eh? I found it that bit easier. You're a winger there, it was harder, eh? you didn't get much room at all. There was no space, no time then. Was there anyone when you were a winger that can he put you up in the air a few times? Was there anyone you didn't like coming up against? Uh, 
time, a couple of times, eh? Big game I played against him, and John Gregg, I couldn't beat him. He was my nemesis. Colmsteen's always on to me about that. Gregg is asking for the asses, I could never beat him. He couldn't cut him, but I could never beat him. He just said that thing about I got into, into my head, and I couldn't, I couldn't beat him. By the early 80s, you were 34 at the time and clearly starting to come to the end of your career. You also seemed to be transitioning from midfield to fullback. So was that just a consequence of age? Or? That was it. I just that lack of pace, just losing the bit of pace. So and how, age catching up. How, so how did you find playing at the back? I found it easier. I found it was good. Eh? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So were you putting folk up in the air then? No, I wasn't really. <laughs> I wouldn't that. I'm not saying I wouldn't have tripped one or two, but I, no, no. I enjoyed it and it was really good. So 82, 83 would have been your last season at Falkirk where Alec Totten took over the reins as, as manager in, I think it was in November. And your last game was a, a 3-0 win over Wraith Rovers in April. Players in the squad, George Watson, Peter Houston, Alan Mackin. Did Alec Totten, can he let you know that you weren't going to be part of his plans going forward? Aye, I sort of fell out the squad. and Well, I was getting on anyway. I sort of I knew myself, eh? And I wasn't playing as well as I could. And he was wanting his own players, his fresh players in, eh? So it was fair play to him. He needed the players in. I think his first game when he come, I scored the win. It was a penalty kick. I think we played Hamilton. That was his very first game when he come that time. But I knew myself. That was, the end was coming, eh? So... It wasn't, a, it wasn't a big shock. And how but it was sad, like, I was sad to leave. Eh? Been there that long, it was it was sad. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to come on and ask you next, with having such a long association with the club, to suddenly see it ended in a way, it's obviously Aye. quite difficult for you. It was, it was very, very sad. Eh? There's no farewell or that, just come in and tell you, well, that's who you are. Aye. You're There's no need even. You're not even that's getting it, the same into the, no. the fans so, or anything? Aye, so that's it. But the end of your career had a bit of symmetry to it, so you, you joined Falkirk from Linlithgow in 68, and here you are 15 years later going in the opposite direction back to Linlithgow. So was that a bit strange for you? It was a wee bit, eh? but I enjoyed it again. I become captain of Linlithgow and we won a few trophies. I think we won everything, bar the Scottish, and I enjoyed my time back. It was nice to come back there, eh? back the full circle for the start. Eh? So here you were in your late 30s, football career had come to an end, so what did you do after? Just my old job was an electrician, eh? I'm back to my contract electrician on a Saturday and I went fishing, eh? right. that's my hobby, fishing, but couldn't do that when you were playing football, but that's all I'd done on a Saturday, I just went fishing, I'm a poor watcher, poor, poor watcher, <laughs> they watch the game you always think, oh I should have, he should have done that or I could do better, which is wrong, but I'm not a good watcher. So did you not have any aspirations to go back into football and coaching? No, or? coaching not my thing, no, definitely not. I tried a wee bit at the Shire, eh? Right. I was okay. there maybe seven, eight months. Bobby McCulley was there, big Alan Mack, and he took over the Shire. Uh-huh. And he come, I was at Long Lidgo, and he said, come on the Shire. I wasn't going to go, and George Watson was playing the goals. Yeah. George said, come on, get a shot, and I went, but no, it wasn't for me, No, my thing. So do you get a chance to watch much football in, in person these days? Aye, I do, but I, I didn't go a lot as I say, I'm not a good watcher, but I've not been for a wee while. Can you give us any thoughts on how you thought Falkirk have done recently? Or Very difficult. I think it all started, the downfall was Hartley when he signed all the duff players, eh? He, well, he was agent or somebody, whoever signed them, he was getting money for them, eh? And they never, never recovered for that. They had the poor, poor squad of players, and it didn't matter who the manager was, it, they brought in, it wasn't helping. They had to have a right clear out. And it's, it's starting to get better now. The boy was, I should know this boy, it's a manager now. He played with my laddie at Brighton's, Martin Rennie. 
I see him, I like, I like I know him, eh, or he'll, he'll know me. <laughs> but and he seems to be doing all right, but it'll take a wee while till he gets his own players in and gets the way of playing it. But I always started, I think, the downfall was Hartley when he got all the players in. Didn't help. And the managers after that, it was a hard, hard job for him to take up for him. Aye, well, certainly in League One period, you've got these part-time players who are as fit as the full-time players. Yeah. You know, they're, it's not it's not as easy yeah. as everyone's expected. Yeah. And I said to you before, plastic's not my thing. I think Falkirk should go back to the grass. <laughs> but it's economics, in it? They hire it out through the week or whoever gets the money for Falkirk got to share it. That's the way it is, eh? So, Wilson, as we end the show, we always ask our guests for their first on the team sheet. That's the Falkirk player they enjoyed playing alongside the most during their spell. So who would it be for you and why? It'd be George Miller for me. George sort of guided me when I was there. If I was kind of an upstart, he would slap me down. And on the park, he was a general. Could read it great. And he was a good player in his own right, George. And he wasn't as slow as you think. See, it's in the track and that George could beat about anybody. Yeah, on the park, they were watching him. So he's not too quick. But it was, but I'd say George Mallory for his overall performance on the park, organising and keeping things right. So Wilson, it's been a privilege to chat to you on walking down Hope Street and hearing stories about your time at Falkirk. Be good to see you down at the stadium sometime soon. As always, thanks to the listeners for joining us. Remember to check out our Twitter page at WDH Street or our Facebook group for all the latest information. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, feel free to get in touch through our social media channels. You've been listening to Walking Down Hope Street in association with gmproductions.net. We'll be back next time with another expert. Until then, bye for now.